0: Welcome to today's podcast, Connections, a podcast by Connie Akins, a licensed professional counselor with a private practice to help you heal your personal and professional relationships through counseling advice, tips, and ideas. Connections will help you to explore ways to build healthy relationships that are important for self-fulfillment. Our topic for today is based on a book I'm reading by Common, Let Love Have the Last Word. Communication is one of the most important determinants of whether or not a relationship will last. Communication is also a factor in why some relationships fade or no longer continue to exist. I believe when the communication goes, so does the relationship. In Common's book, Let Love Have the Last Word, he suggests love is an opportunity for us to connect on a higher plane to our higher selves. I say in order to have a better relationship with anyone, including family, friends, and partners, we must constantly work on becoming the best versions of ourselves. Like common, I spend daily time in prayer and devotion, no readings to improve the quality of my life and how I plan to interact with others. As a therapist, I want to empower others to live their best life and provide couples and individuals with tools to improve their lives from the place they are in from the moment we encounter one another. Today I have a special guest with me again, Reynard Meredith, and we're going to talk about why couples and individuals have communication problems and what they can do to fix them. Reynard is a licensed professional counselor, and he has a practice in Southfield and West Bloomfield. You can follow me on Instagram at Empowering Serenity and Reynard on Instagram at Reynard the Counselor. If you're looking for a therapist, we are both listed in the Psychology Today directory and Therapy for Black Girls as well as Therapy for Black Men. Let's get started with today's topic. Let love have the last word and we're going to focus on communication. So Raynard, I want to ask you the very first question. Why do you think some people or couples have problems with miscommunication? Well, hello, Connie.
1: Thanks for having me here. Um, I'm glad you're doing this podcast on uh, communication because a lot of people are having difficulty in their relationships pertaining to communication. Um, From my work with uh, couples as well as just individual people, I have noticed that people, it seems like to be a census across the board that people were never, ever really taught how to effectively communicate. When they were taught to communicate, they were taught to communicate from a very self-fulfilling, almost like self selfish aspect. You think about it, when you're a child, you communicate because you want food or you want water or you want attention. And so when you're communicating in that manner, Essentially, it just gives you exactly what you need. I want food. I want water. I need to be hugged. I need to be this. I need to be that. And what happens when I don't get what I want? I cry or I throw a tantrum. And so even though as a child, those communication patterns were effective because that's the way that we lived we were never taught how to shift that from being a selfish perspective or a self-fulfilling perspective to a more mature and adult perspective of communication. It's when we look at those communication patterns, we often see that people are even now communicating from a very selfish perspective. You're not doing this. And then other people um, as a child, even just growing up, and it may be even subconscious to them, that they didn't, they saw a lot of uh, maladaptive ways of communicating um, to get their needs met. And so now what you end up seeing is that those maladaptive patterns that they saw work as a child or in their teenage years or even in their young adulthood, when they're under pressure and they don't know what to say or what to do, they resort back to what was comfortable. Well, how did I get this problem solved when I was a kid? Or how did these problems get solved when... I was a teenager and they go back to what they saw, always back to that social learning theory. We, our personality is basically shaped by what we saw and those nurturing relationships that were in our environments. And so I think those two are really the main things that cause a lot of the issues with communication today. One, we were never taught how to do it. Well, actually, three, we were never taught how to do it. And when we were taught how to do it, we were taught to do it in a self-fulfilling way to only get our needs met. And then we saw maladaptive ways of communicating as children or as young people, and those maladaptive ways worked. And so if it worked, why am I gonna change?
0: Very interesting that you should say that. So if I understand you correctly, a part of our communication problems or why we miscommunicate is because of faulty patterns that we saw sense of gratification in other words um when we communicate with people we are letting our ego get in the way and i know that there's a theory to support why we act the way that we do um We can look at Maslow, for example. You talked about getting your needs met, and so the first hierarchy is to get your basic needs met. And I've never really thought about Maslow and how it relates to communication. However, we we all are coming from a place of self fulfillment, and we simply want to be understood. But I think um, if we go to a higher level of thinking we would try to incorporate how we interact with others and how that impacts our patterns of communication. Do you have any um, examples that you would like to share of a miscommunication or just an example of how you know I was talking to one of my friends and we were like yeah women are what do they say men are from Mars and women are from Venus or something like that in other words we think differently because of our gender sometimes but I kind of feel like you we think differently because of how we've learned to interact so if you have an example go ahead and give me one when you asked me for an example I
1: just thought about this one uh, life coach That she told this story about about her actual marriage and she said that her and her husband got married and when her and her husband um, got married, she noticed that around when it came time for like bedtime, he didn't want to go to bed. He wanted to stay up and watch TV. And so for her, what that ended up doing for her is that caused her to begin to, like, question, does my husband, like, one, do do I, do I smell? Like, is there something wrong with me that my husband doesn't want to come to bed with me? Is there some type of, some problem going on that he hasn't told me about? Like, what is going on that my husband does not want to come to bed when I want to come to bed? And so she said it went on for probably, like, a year, maybe a year and a half, and, Then she finally started getting like more frustrated and having attitudes when it became the bedtime and she would talk to him like really snarky and persnickety and all that good stuff. And so she said, finally, it got to a boiling point where she asked and she said, well, it wasn't she didn't ask. She said, you don't love me. You don't want to go to bed with me when I'm ready to go to bed. You want to stay up and stay down here. You just don't want to be around or be with me. And she said, Is there something wrong with me? Is it something that you you don't like about me? What is going on? And he looked up and he said to her, We have children. We are married. I go to work. The nighttime is the only time that I have to myself. And so it's not that I don't want to go to bed with you. It's more of I'm just looking to have a half an hour to myself when I get home. And she said it blew her mind because for a year and a half, she's questioning her marriage, questioning, you know, herself, questioning the relationship and all of these things. And it was simply a miscommunication of she assumed one thing and she ran with it when she could have asked and said, Hey, I noticed that you don't like to come to bed. Is there something going on? And she would have got that answer a year and a half ago. And She was like, from that point on, after she got that answer, it never bothered her. She would always say, I'm going to bed. I'll see you when you get ready to come to bed. And so those are things that really get in the way of people being able to communicate is one. Also, two, people make huge assumptions off of because we're always communicating. If we're not talking, that's still communication. Our body is telling the story. Our words are telling the story. Our voice tones are telling the story. The way we look at something is all telling the story. And so we're always communicating, even though even when we say we don't want to communicate. And so people tend to make generalizations and assumptions about people's communication and what it means instead of just asking them what it means. And you will find that half of the things that we miscommunicate about is if we just sat and had a conversation and became humble, not even humble, but became more vulnerable and say, like, whatever the answer is. I'm going to be okay with this answer and know that I can work through it. Being vulnerable to receiving whatever answer it is so that you can work towards a problem, you'll find that a lot of miscommunications will go away.
0: That is excellent, Rainer. I agree with you. Um, I think that vulnerability is something that you have to learn, and I think it comes from a place of trust. So a lot of relationships are probably not where they should be, Because people don't trust In order to be vulnerable You have to believe that the other person Is always working for your greater good And it's not just about them But it's about both of you In the relationship. And that, you know, that goes from partnerships to friendships to family. We have to believe that the people that we interact with are helpful, honest, loving, supportive, and that really. Wherever they're coming from is coming from a place of good. So I like that. Vulnerability is an important part of communication. And once we learn how to be more vulnerable, our communication will improve. What do you think is the solution to helping people with miscommunication? So, yes, some of the
1: solutions that could help um, improve communications. Um, actually, a shameless plug for myself is in January, February, I will be putting out uh, most likely A little short book on communication it'll have uh, one of my worksheets in there called the listening commandments but one of the things that i think is huge with resolving resolving miscommunications in relationships and in in our day-to-day life we have to one not make huge not run with our assumptions as if they are a hundred percent true we're always going to have assumptions. We're always going to have, you know, some there's, things are always going to come up where we, are, we have our guard up. It's just how we protect ourselves. And if somebody isn't giving us clearly the answer, naturally as humans we're going to make assumptions. But we have to learn how to understand that our assumptions are just that, assumptions, and we can't run with them as if they are 100% truth. The other thing is, like we talked about earlier, is to be vulnerable. Know that when you are communicating with somebody You aren't communicating for the purposes of being right. And a lot of times people communicate because they're like, oh, well, this person wronged me, so I'm gonna tell them about themselves or I'm gonna let them know how I felt because they gotta change X, Y, and Z. If you go into a a situation of communicating in that perspective, Within two minutes That whoever you're communicating with Is going to shut down And not want to talk to you And so just understanding That we're not communicating For the purposes of being right But we're communicating For the purposes of being understood As well as Understanding the other person When I work with parents I always have the child Or the teenager Express their emotion And when The thing that I always notice Is that the minute the child Starts to say something that the parent doesn't seem Say is correct that parent cuts the child off. No, that's incorrect. You da, da 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 da, and you and I'm like, wait, hold on, because, and I said the reason that I want you to hold on is because if that child is is saying that, then this that's their experience, and we for you in order for you to make your relate your parent relationship better, you have to understand why this is how he is, or she is experiencing this situation. So don't cut them off. Let them finish. And once they finish, for you to begin to explain what you heard them say and understand why they would see the situation that way. And once you tell somebody that you understand and you can explain why they saw a situation a certain way, they're going to 100% be open to your perspective. And then that's when you can say, well, I see why you could say or why you see things that way. However, this is how it is, and this is my perspective, and here might be some ways where you might be seeing it the wrong way. But when you do when you do it that way, that person is gonna be open because they already feel heard, they feel understood, and they were they felt respected because you weren't cutting them off or jumping down their throat, they'll listen. And nine times out of ten when I was working with uh, like mothers and sons or fathers and sons and daughters, when it flowed that way the child was like, I do. I see what you're saying. Yeah, I can see why you would be upset that I did or I didn't do X, Y and Z. Um, So, yeah, I think that those are things that could be very beneficial. Don't run with your assumptions. Listen for understanding and not to be correct, as well as always just, you know, express to the other person that you see how they could see it that way. And I think once we do those three things, you definitely see a shift in the communication dynamic with the families.
0: Wow, I really agree with you that sometimes when we counsel parents, it's hard for them to do the pullback, to stop, to take a pause, and to actually hear what the other person is saying. Mm -hmm. So here are some of my tips for effective communication. The first one is just be attentive. Being attentive is very important because you're letting the other person know that you're listening to them. Give them that eye contact. And these are basic skills that sometimes we forget. The reason why we forget is because now we're living in a society of digital communication. And so therefore, people are used to swiping, looking, and doing other things other than giving the eye-to-eye contact be careful, Reynard right already said this but I'm going to emphasize it again of your tone and your body language because it is speaking volumes. okay? Think before you say it because once you say it you can't get it back. And sometimes we don't realize that after we say it, we can't take it back. Um, we shouldn't hurt people with our words. Be kind. Don't interrupt when others are speaking. Let them finish their thought. And I like the fact that Reynard said, seek to understand, because that's the same principle. When we seek to understand others, we're giving them the opportunity to express what it is that they're trying to communicate use an I message, I'm surprised Raynard did not say this one, but I'm going to go ahead and say it because, you know, as therapists, this is one of the skills that we teach our clients. Start off with i. I means that you're centering it on your thoughts and your feelings and use feeling words to communicate because those are very important and go ahead and avoid terms like always and never because they have a tendency to blame others for our thoughts and beliefs. I want to say this too when it's a serious problem or even if it's a small problem be willing to offer a solution. Be willing to offer a solution. Instead of criticizing, sit back, think of a solution, and even suggest, what if we tried it this way? Have you considered this? Whatever the problem is, there's always a solution. And like I said before, kindness is one of the first and most important tools in our communication. I want to ask you these questions In a relationship, can you push aside your feelings? Will you focus on the spiritual part of yourself and not allow your ego to rule your communication? Can you focus your communication on seeking to be understood and not always respond? So in other words, can you give that person the benefit of the doubt? And I want to say this, let love have the last word which is the book by Common that I'm reading. He says that love is a statement of purpose or communication is a statement of purpose. Build your relationships with intention and purpose on a daily basis. Lastly, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy or mental health treatment. If you need therapy, please seek treatment from a licensed mental health professional. And as we close, I want to ask Raynard, once again, does he have any closing thoughts? No major closing thoughts for myself. Um, I just would, you know,
1: caution everybody to understand that when you're communicating with your, your partner, your lover, your parents, your children. In that communication of we always want to feel right or want to be right, but we know that that's not the purpose of communicating. Just to understand that the reason that we want to be right in our communication or we want to be right when we're bringing up a problem is because of that underlying thought that usually if I'm not right, then I'm bad. If I'm not right, then I'm not good. Or if I'm not right in this situation, then I must be bad to this person being being right or wrong has nothing to do with your character. It has nothing to do with who you are as a person. Being right or wrong just means did I make a good decision or did I make an unhealthy decision? Because if I made an unhealthy decision, I need to know how to correct that. If I made a healthy decision, I need to continue in that pattern. And hopefully others around me will continue in that pattern as well. So just really be aware of what type of meaning you are attaching to the whole idea of being right when you communicate with others. Thank you.